Hello and welcome to another edition of the Panthers Tracks podcast. I'm your host, Ellis Williams, joined as always by my mother's three favorite people, me, myself, and I. We're coming to you fresh off the Panthers roster cuts. The official 53-man rosters are set across the league, and that's exactly what we're going to get into today, where I'll address a little news at the top, a couple trades the Panthers made leading up to the roster deadline, but I just wanted to you know, spend 20 minutes getting into the, the thick of this roster and what it means going forward for the Carolina Panthers. So at the top, some roster news for y'all. Uh, the Panthers have found their new kicker. Former Bears place kicker Eddie Pinero has joined the Carolina Panthers. They agreed to a one-year deal early Wednesday morning. Uh, I was able to confirm that with a, a source with direct knowledge of the situation. Pinero spent last season with the New York Jets, making eight field goals and nine extra points in five games. And really the reason for this signing, Matt Rule said he was going to leave this really up to special teams coordinator Chris Taper. And that's exactly what ended up happening. Taper and Pinero worked together in the 2019 season with the Chicago Bears. Over the course of his two-year career, he kicked in 2019 and 2021. He did not kick in the, in the COVID pandemic 2020 season. He's an 86.1% field goal kicker. He's played in 21 games. He's made 31 of 36 kicks in those 21 games. He's 36 of 39 in extra points. He's three for three on his 50 plus yard tries and six of 10 on kicks between 40 and 49 yards. And he's only missed one kick under 39 yards in his career. Of course, this signing occurs after the team placed kickers in Gonzalez on injured reserve Tuesday at the same time that uh, rosters were, were due with the 53 man Zane, of course, injured his groin, unfortunately, in the preseason finale against the Buffalo Bills on Friday. Being placed on IR ended his season immediately when that occurred. So this team now has a new kicker and a lot of unknowns at the position. Perhaps it works out perfectly and the, the Panthers have a, a carbon copy replacement for Zane Gonzalez, but that's unknown. What was known was Zane was money. He was automatic and that will not happen for the Carolina Panthers this year, at least via Zane Gonzalez's leg. We shall see. Panthers made a couple trades ahead of the 53-man roster announcement as well. Most notably trading for LaVisca Chenault of the Jacksonville Jaguars, formerly of the Jacksonville Jaguars, Laviscus is an interesting prospect, uh, played two years in Jacksonville, was their second round pick in 2020. He now is in Carolina, rejoined with his former teammate and fellow 2020 classmate in CJ Henderson, who the Jacksonville Jaguars took in the first round and followed that up with selecting Sinult in the second round. I've had people in the building tell me that they envision a Curtis Samuel-like role for Chenault. We'll see. There's a lot of mouths to feed. Christian McCaffrey being the most notable one, but he definitely brings something to the wide receiver room that the team does not have yet. I envision him, you know, taking wide handoffs, uh, those jet motions, bubble screens, you know, they're going to have to manufacture touches for him. I'm not a huge fan of players like that because I think it takes you out of your offensive flow. And like, if he's on the field, teams are going to know the play is probably for him. Perhaps Ben McAdoo can window dress that better. Uh, we'll, we'll, again, we shall see a lot of unknowns on this team. That's the point. New quarterback, new offensive line, new offensive coordinator, uh, new targets, new gadget player. And that's just the offense. But more impressively, I thought 
general manager Scott Fitterer traded tackle Dennis Daly on Tuesday and got a 2024 fifth round pick back for him. He, Caroline also parted with a seventh round pick in that draft, but essentially getting moving up in a draft for a player that you were going to cut anyway is a, a job well done. Shows that Dennis Daly probably wasn't going to make it through waivers and get to Tennessee would have been their rationale, I'm guessing. And, and Scott Fitterer comes through and, and lands a, a capital for again for a guy who just didn't have a spot on this roster. If when you when you walked through and did your projections, it was pretty clear that Dennis Daly was going to be a, a, a casualty due to you know the addition of Ika McQuanu is the, the obvious one. Uh, but Cade Mays is a guy who has five position flexibility. They already have a swing tackle in Cam Irving. Brady Christensen in a pinch can play that spot as well. Michael Jordan is a guy that they could move to guard and then slide Christian outside Christensen. So yeah, they just have flexibility at, at offensive line. Now I don't know how well everyone will play as a collective unit, but individually they got, they have assets there now that they didn't have a year ago, which made Dennis Daly expendable literally because he was traded, but he would have been cut otherwise. So kudos to Scott Fitterer for pulling that off. He continues to be in on every deal. We'll see if any more happen between now and week one. Uh, these rosters will continue to change. There might be a change after you hear this pod. Maybe we record another emergency pod uh, to tack on the top of this as we did for the LaVisca Chanel trade. That's the time of year it is. All right, for the bulk of this pod, I want to just run down the 53-man the roster and give you my takeaways. Let's start at the top. The Panthers unsurprisingly kept three quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, and P.J. Walker. Expect the team, by the time you hear this, will probably have already moved Sam Darnold to IR. Doing so, waiting for after the 53-man rosters to be set, allowed him to be on the short-term IR, which means he has to miss a minimum of four games before he can be reactivated. That means the Panthers can uh, will add another player to their active 53-man roster. Look for it to be a, a run-stopping defensive end, perhaps. Someone who can spell Etor. Gross Matos at times could be other places, but that's, that's the spot I would look towards right now. PJ Walker is penciled in as the backup quarterback though. The last time he spoke to BJ, he had not been made aware of that. At least that's what he told us. That makes the most sense for Carolina. I didn't anticipate them doing anything drastic for their backup quarterback. PJ Walker has been in the system. He like Sam Darnold. He was here in Carolina for OTAs and minicamp he's the guy he's been the backup quarterback for a while now really the bulk of Matt Rule's tenure he's Matt Rule's most winningest quarterback 2-0 beating the Colts in 20 and then beating the Cardinals last year in a start though Cam Newton scored all those touchdowns PJ still quarterback to find game so you know what you're getting in PJ Walker he'll be the backup and they will wait until Sam Darnold is healthy which as of right now, they think we'll take four to five, maybe six weeks, but definitely the, the four-week timetable because he will be on IR likely by the time you hear this. The Panthers kept three running backs. No surprises there. Uh, Deontay Foreman, Chuba Hubbard backing up Christian McCaffrey. You know, this is a little bit of trade. I don't know what it means for Chuba. He was unimpressive out of the backfield during the preseason, catching the football, handful of drops. Uh, Deontay Foreman is going to be their short yardage between the tackle bruiser. I don't know what Shuba's role is right now. I could see him not even being active. Week one would be a surprise, but 
I it, just from a special team standpoint, it might make the most sense for the team. Receivers, this is where it gets interesting. They kept seven, largely because of LaVisca Chenault and then Andre Roberts, who is going to exclusively work as their returner. That room is completed by DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Rashard Higgins, and the true bright spot, Matt Rule's words of training camp, and Shai Smith, Terrence Marshall as well. A lot of question marks surrounding Robbie Anderson and Terrence Marshall. I understand there's reports out there that Scott Fitter is taking calls on these guys, but I mean, I, I hope you all understand by now, Scott takes calls on everyone. I think every GM around, around the league takes calls on all their players. It would be male practice not to listen and not be the most informed about the current value of your roster and certain players on it, all the players on it, and what the teams from around the league, other evaluators and executives view and value the market of your roster and, and said players. So obviously he's taking calls on Robbie Anderson and Terrace Marshall if teams call him. I just don't think that's a story. I don't think that's news, but um, if, if you guys consider it to be breaking or new information, then okay, let's, let's establish that now going forward that Scott takes calls on everybody, even Christian McCaffrey. Um, we'll see with this receiving room. I like all the names on paper like the offensive line, which we'll get to it. We need to see it. Tight ends, Ian Thomas, Tommy Tremble, Gio Ritchie, and Stephen Sullivan. Colin Thompson was a cut. And, you know, he was probably the odd man out in this room. Giovanni, Giovanni Ritchie does Giovanni Ritchie does things that none of the three other tight ends can do. He offers that fullback, tight end, hybrid type player. Uh, you know, you're going to see Ian Thomas and Tommy Tremble out there the most. Stephen Sullivan playing a backup role. The offensive line, they kept nine. Ikumikwanu, Brady Christensen, Pat Elfline, Austin Corbett, Taylor Moten, Bradley Bozeman, Cam Irving, Michael Jordan, Cade Mays. I kind of already got into this at the top accidentally, but uh, we know who the starting five will be. I don't think we'll see enough from Bradley Bozeman this week and next week in practice for him to start week one, but I, he'll be available. He's coming back from an ankle injury. Taking it light this week in practice. Uh, Ika McQuanny, left tackle, Brady Christensen, left guard, Pat Elfline, center, Austin Corbett, right guard, Taylor Morton, right tackle. In a injuries bearing or something, uh, in a pinch, this team will most likely, if an injury happens at tackle, they would slide Brady Christensen outside, plug Michael Jordan in at guard. Cade Mays, their do it all guy, and really their backup center if Bradley Bozeman, for whatever reason, couldn't go in week one. Defensively, they kept 10 defensive linemen, Brian Burns, Eter Gross Montos, Derek Brown, Matt Ioannidis, Marquise Haynes, Amari Barno, Davion Nixon, Bravion Roy, Maquan McCall, and Phil Haskins. I missed on McCall in my 53-man projections. He is really put some impressive tape out there. Uh, he's a penetrating three-tech uh, you know, they can play him in the zero too. Like if they will play him at the zero at times, he's a guy who, you know, big frame pushes the pile backwards. He's, he plays with decent leverage, but more, you know, definitely a bull rusher. He's got an inside uh, hook move that he, he likes to deploy. He's a guy who's been fun to watch. Five linebackers, Shaq Thompson, Frankie Louvu, Damian Wilson, 
Corey Littleton, Brandon Smith. We always thought it was headed here. Uh, the team is looking for depth behind Shaq Thompson. Frankie Louvu is going to be a guy who needs to take a huge leap this season. We've seen flashes of it at training camp. We saw flashes of it last year. Can he be an every down player for him? That's the biggest question. You know what Shaq is. Uh, what does Brandon Smith become? He, he had an uh, impressive camp showing at times to be just near the football. How does he cover in space? That's what Matt Rule said he's been tr- looking for in Brandon Smith now. You know, he's a long, lengthy defender. How agile is he? How quick is he in small places, small spaces, excuse me? Uh, that remains to be seen. Defensive backs, they kept 10. Dante Jackson, J.C. Horn, C.J. Henderson, Miles Hartfield, Keith Taylor, and Stanley Thomas Oliver are the cornerbacks. Safeties they kept, Jeremy Chin, Xavier Woods, Sean Chandler, Sam Franklin. I was off on this by a lot, actually, and I just – it's because I don't – I don't really see the safety depth that this team has because I, I think it's non-existent, but they kept two backup safeties, which I get you have to do. But I think they let some a, a decent corner go in Kalen Barnes. If he doesn't clear waivers, that might be something they regret uh, going forward. But for now, that is their defensive back room and then uh, two specialists, and, and now you add a third with Eddie Bernardo, uh, Johnny Hecker, JG, JJ Jensen, as we expected. So that's the rundown of the 53. Before we get out of here, I, I should address the Baker Mayfield. I'm going to F them up quote that has now leaked from a private conversation Cynthia Freeland had with Baker Mayfield after the Bills Panthers game last Friday. Anyone not in the know Essentially, what went down is Cynthia, who on the side is a sideline reporter for the Buffalo Bills during the preseason, she approached Baker Mayfield after the game, not for an interview, just to talk, and started the conversation saying, you know, you look great. I'm happy for you. Go out and kick some butt week one. And he responded, yeah, I'm going to F them up. I see. Wow why Baker would talk like that. Uh, he's in the heat of a conversation. Also, that's just who Baker is. Of course, that's what he wants to do to his former team who unceremoniously divorced him after, you know, drafting him and, and first overall in 2018 and him leading the Browns to their first playoff victory in 20 years. And it was a bad breakup. So of course he wants to get back at them. The problem is Cynthia should have never said that on the airways and on, our, on the wrong NFL podcast, which is the reason it got out. She shared the story on a very popular pod. And the moment that happens, it's, it's, it's going to get out there. So she said in an interview with us that she understands she shouldn't have said that, but she doesn't really regret being human with Baker Mayfield. You guys can sift through that and decipher it however you'd like. The point is the ramifications this could cause a potential distraction for the Panthers and likely bulletin board material for Miles Garrett and the Browns defense. But if Baker goes out there and wins, then he backs up his talk. If he goes out and throws three picks, then this is going to come up again. That's the beauty of the sport. And that's the potential issue with this story getting out. I told you this was going to be a quick pod, a lot going on. You won't hear from me again until next week. I hope you all have a great and safe holiday weekend. Enjoy your time with your family. Enjoy 
one final Sunday before we get NFL football back. The next time I'm on the Panther Tracks podcast, I'll have a very special guest with me who will help me go through a season preview for you all. It'll be a jam-packed, juicy episode. We'll talk major storylines, betting odds, and season projections. So don't miss it next week. Special guest on the Panther Tracks podcast, someone you all will recognize and be happy to hear from. I'm Ellis Williams signing off the Panthers Tracks podcast. This pod was produced by Michaela Holder. Thanks for listening, y'all. Take care.